Hi everyone, Isha here with a content warning for this week's episode. There is mention of child abuse. It is mild in my opinion, but I still thought it would be a good idea to give that warning. Specifically, it is for physical child abuse rather than emotional or mental child abuse, but all the same, thought you guys deserved a warning. Anyway, enjoy the episode. Oshiokyo, our Sailor Moon podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Isha, and in this episode we'll be talking about episodes 152 to 157 of Sailor Moon Super S. In addition, let me just say, because this episode is going up on June 28th, let me wish a happy early birthday to Sailor Moon and Sailor Chibi Moon. It is Usagi and Chibiusa's birthday on June 30th, and it will also be our two-year anniversary. Can you believe it? Yay! It's crazy. <laughs> I'm genuinely shocked. <laughs> and what's neat about that is we're almost to the end of the portion of the anime that um actually reached US TV. It's wild, isn't it? Yeah, cuz they just they cut off the entire uh Stars arc. Yeah, they saw like boys turning into girls and they were like, "Mm, we could lie about the cousins." But we can't do anything about that. Right, right. So we missed out on the best arc. Um, I don't know if I would say it's the best arc. <laughs> okay, well, we missed out on I a don't, good arc. We missed out on a good arc. I don't remember a lot of stars except for like a couple of episodes being like absolutely badass. <laughs> um, and one episode in particular being like, I think, one of the funniest episodes in the whole series. It's on par with Brett Butler. Uh, if not better. Yeah. Because everybody's there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I'm excited. We have, what, we're at 157, so we have 43 episodes left in the entire series. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And nine of those episodes are still super us. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I've been really enjoying the Amazonas Quartet. Same. I'm really annoyed with everybody else. <laughs> I'm well, just, let's get into I'm, it. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So episode 152. Uh, in the last episode, Ami got her power up. She got her Mercury Aqua Rhapsody. So now it's time for Ray to get her Marshland Sniper. Uh, it opens up with Chibiusa and Isagi admiring a wedding dress and talking about brides. And then Isagi remembers there's a magazine she has to buy. So they go to a bookstore and Chibiusa spots a magazine with Ray on the cover. And it calls her like the beautiful Miko, the beautiful priestess of the Hikawa Shrine. And we cut to the Hikawa Shrine and it's full of men trying to get a look at the pretty young priestess who, by the way, is 15. And I'm pretty sure the magazine says that. <laughs> Ew. Anyway, they her friends do show up and they're like, "Why are you selling amulets? This is Yuichiro's job." And she was like, "Well, I gotta give people what they want." And in fairness, if Yuichiro was out there selling love amulets to these men, they would leave. Oh yeah, yeah. And they I need mean, the this money. Is good, this is good business, and it yeah. doesn't seem like anybody's like harassing her. They're they're showing up and just like admiring her. You know? They, yeah. They're all like talking about how beautiful she is but like nobody's asking her out nobody's being creepy nobody's trying to touch her yeah thank god honestly 
Uh, Leave anyway, so her. F- oh, sorry. Uh, cosplay is not consent. <laughs> God, ain't that the truth? People. I don't know how people live like that. I don't know how people live like that. Anyway, uh, her friends are like, okay, is would this convince you to stay as a Miko in the Hikawa Shrine? And she's like, nah, y'all, I got plans. I'm going to be a career woman. I'm going to be an international success. And Usagi's like, please. And she and Rei get into an argument. And Rei says that Usagi is normal. And I'm just sitting back here like, (laughs) ma'am? She she's a princess who's going to be the queen of the planet. Yeah, like yeah, it's like you've seen the future. She <laughs> every day you're fighting somebody, and she literally blasts them away with her magic powers. In what universe is Usagi normal? Right. This one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the girls are going to leave because there's still a lot of people, and they see. A weird-looking girl named Nanako with, like, these thin pigtails, these thin curly pigtails, and these stars in her eyes. And uh, I put in the notes, she wants a single white female Ray, which, uh, if you don't know what that reference <laughs> is, it's a reference to a movie called Single White Female, where a woman gets a roommate who then tries to become her. Yeah, we make this joke about a particular girl in the old salon I used to work in. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Like, even my roommate, like, years ago, had uh, a coworker from work where, like, one day I went to visit her in her old place, and this girl was there, and um, they were both working on something, and I was like, oh, this is what you're into? And she's like, oh, I kind of got into it after meeting Liz. And I'm like, haha, are you trying to single white female Liz? Um, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, yeah. And we kind of laughed and joked that. about it. We kind of laughed about it, and then uh, it turns out, once that friendship ended, uh, was, <laughs> my roommate was like, uh, yeah, so she kind of was trying to single white female me. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Not to say, just, uh, so, disclaimer, there were a lot of thing, other things going on. She's not saying just because somebody gets you into something means that you're copying them. It's okay. If a friend introduced you to something, enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's a line. <laughs> There were a lot of other things that, like, either I can't remember or I don't want to go into, but there were a lot of other things where I was like, hey, am I right? Did my, was my joke actually accurate in real life? Because it was a joke. I'm really glad with the gal who was, like, copying me or being weird with me uh, Mm -hmm. didn't seem to carry that over. Thank God. Yeah. Um, anyway, Luna looks at this uh, Nanako girl who wants to be who, who had seen Ray on this magazine was like, I want to be just like her. And Luna's like, mm, she seems kind of like the superficial type. The way she looked freaked me out. The way she looked reminded I thought she was cute. I actually thought she was really cute. Um, but it reminded me a lot of um, Doremi from Magical Doremi. And you want to look at her picture right now. I don't, I don't know the timeline on when this came out versus when that came out. Uh, well, this would be ninety five, ninety six. So let me just typing in Doremi does not help. Yeah, magical Doremi. Oja <sighs> yeah. Uh Oja Majo Doremi. Uh, this came out in nineteen ninety nine. Mm. 
So they're pretty close. I wonder if the manga was out before then. Uh, I don't know, but I def but Sailor the Moon manga was ninety nine. Comes before, yeah, but the manga, yeah, but Sailor Moon was out well before. The this Both episode manga. was. Yeah, this was ninety six. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> she does look a lot like her, though. Did you see the anime picture? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like everything for a while, kind of. T- Borrowed from Sailor Moon. That's like it true. It was like a magical girl thing. So. But I do wonder if this girl is a reference to something, though. Because she's the only... She has stars in her eyes. Like, permanently in her eyes. Like, it's part of the way her eyes look. She has a very unique look, you know? And I mean, she might. She might. But I don't know what that reference is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It's interesting. Yeah. So, with the circus, Zirconia is complaining about the Amazonist Quartet. Um, and how they're not finding the golden mirror, ignoring the fact that the person who is getting the targets is Zircon. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> the, the Amazonist Quartet arrive, and they fuck around with Zirconia, and, you know, it's it. this is the whole thing. And I genuinely love the Amazonist Quartet giving Zirconia a hard time, and Zirconia genuinely not really knowing what to do with it. Oh, it's great. I love their uh, back and forth. It's so good. Uh, it, this is the only time where I don't mind people calling someone an old lady. <laughs> you know, normally I'm kind of like, mm, that's a little ageist and messed up of you. Her being old doesn't have anything to do with it. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's there's also, it makes narrative sense, too, because the four of them have very much emphasized how much they value youth. I mean, from their introduction, mm-hmm. even just right. like children to adults, they can't stand right. any adult. So, well, I mean, they emphasize it's better to be a child. So not even being a teenager is okay. It's yeah. just kind of like, nah, man, that sucks. Um, so yeah, so the Sentry team come back to the Kawa Shrine the next day, and they see that Ray is still in the spot selling love amulets, but next to her is Nanako, who is in full Ray cosplay, with a wig, the outfit, everything, like, the men are, who are, they're like, oh, she has such a cute little sister, and it's just like, that's, she doesn't have one, but, um, and meanwhile, while the girls are staring and being like, man, I can't believe she's getting all these cute guys to approach her, a cute man approaches them, and says, excuse me, and then Usagi, Minako, and Makoto, like, turn to talk about, like, yes, we attracted a cute guy, and in that time that they turned around and ignored this man to, like, congratulate each other, Ami has already answered his question. Yeah, he was asking for directions. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, why did you send him away? And she was like, he needed directions. Her outfit, by the way, in this episode is really, really cute. Mm-hmm. It's like a little yellow beret and a little yellow... It's very cute. Um, yeah, and then next the cats mention to each other, to to the group, essentially, that Ray hasn't decided if she wants to be a Miko full-time when she grows up. And Shibiusa and Usagi, like... I don't want to say confront, but they do kind of corner Nanako, and they're like, is being a Miko your dream? Like, is this really what you want? And she's like, yeah, of course. And they're like, is it, though? And she's like, well, no, but my actual dream is so unrealistic and impossible that I'd rather do something like this because it's within reach. 
And uh, she describes Ray. She's just like, but you know, like Ray is so cool. And then describes Ray like she's manga Ray instead of anime Ray. And Usagi <laughs> and Chibiusa are like, "Have you met Ray?" That's funny. I found it really interesting that like all of the characteristics. I'm like, yeah, she's right. That is Ray, just not this one. Yeah, she slipped in from another dimension. Right. Uh, anyway, they're like sitting down. Um, waiting for Nanako to bring them snacks when they tell Ray what Nanako said about her own dream and Ray is like so furious that this girl is so weak-willed and not willing to go after her own dreams that she says some really hurtful things and Ami sees Nanako like at the door and she tries to stop Ray from saying hurtful shit and Ray of course continues to say it so Nanako drops her tray and like runs away crying uh this and this is she's... one of those scenes. This is one of the issues that this um part of this series has of characters. First of all, a characters acting out of character, and also it's just so forced. Like this rant that Ray goes on, it makes very little sense. Like, why is she so mad? You know. Yeah, I don't get it either. Like earlier, she was just you know when Nanaka's like, "I wish you could be my big sister," and Ray's like, "Ah." that's so cute you know like i don't understand why she's so mad about it it's it sucks that ami got like a really good episode to connect with her power and race is kind of like whatever yeah Um, and then mako and minako have to share theirs yeah again if you had spent less time focusing on the amazon anyway okay (laughs) um (laughs) sorry isha's gonna be mad forever uh, so Nanako is crying in the courtyard, having ripped off her wig, and Vespas finds her because she's the target, and Nanako is crying about how she doesn't have a dream anymore, and yada yada, and Vespas is like, what the fuck? Like, you have to have a dream, and, like, starts shaking her, and Nanako's like, please don't do this to me right now. Um, but she attacks her anyway, because, like, there might be a dream in there, and of course there is. And all of the senshi, because everyone except Ray ran after Nanako, uh, show up to fight. So Vespa summons Mane Mane Musume, or Mane Mane Girl, which is, like, this green, this, like, neon green monkey lady. Um, her nips are the eyes to the mouth on her belly. All of the Lemuras have, now have, like, belly mouths to eat the mirrors. Yeah, it's weird. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I just sat there and I was just like, oh, all of them have, like, abdomen mouths. But, like, especially Mane Mane Musume with her, like, eye nipples. I'm like, I'm I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, they were weird. I was like, I was like, what the heck? I had to, like, pause it. I was like, what is this design? What is... Oh, they're eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, because like in Sailor Moon, they will show you boobs, but they will not have nipples. It's kind of yeah. like how like the Instagram and like Tumblr, like female presenting nipples are not permitted. Yeah. Um. So, but because they're eyes, it's permitted. But it's it's nipple placement. It you know it, it ain't great. It's awkward. I don't I don't care for it anyway. Mane Mane girl eats uh, Nanako's dream mirror and then starts speaking Nanako's dream, which is the exact same as Ray's dream to be this career woman and international success, at which point, like, Ray is out and hears all of this and is angry that Nanako was attacked, so she henshins and does her first Mars Flame Sniper, which is fabulous. 
Uh, they defeat the enemy. Nanako's mirror is restored. They do have a nice little message at the end, which is that all girls have the power to make their dreams come true. Which is nice, if it wasn't such a weak episode. And the episode ends with Nanako on the next magazine cover. Uh, she's like a 13-year-old girl serving burgers somewhere. And I'm like, is that legal? <laughs> right. I'm like, wait a minute. I know you can drop out of school after middle school, but, like, middle school is over when you're, like, 15, 16. So what is she doing working at a burger joint? Is she allowed to, like, work part-time as a 13-year-old? Anyway. Anyways, it's weird. It it doesn't matter. We never see her again. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Forget about her anyways. I don't care. Like, bye, Nanako, <laughs> with your creepy star eyes. I thought, I still think she was cute. I thought she was cute. You're allowed. I'm also allowed to think that she was a horror thing. Like, when she first appeared, I'm like, is this the Lemurus? Anyway. Yeah, it was really weird. I, I thought she was one... I, I, when she first came on screen, I thought she was one of the um, uh, Amazonist quartet. Like, maybe it's like, oh, is one of them in disguise? Is one of them going to infiltrate the shrine? No, she's just a girl with star eyes. Yeah, okay. it's it's weird. <laughs> Episode one fifty three is called "Dentist of Horrors," and it reminds me of a Chibiusa side story, which is something that we're gonna have to figure out how do we approach the side stories once we're done with the main uh, manga and anime. But that's not for this episode. Um, that was never animated. A uh, couple of the Chibiusa side stories did get OVAs, so we start oh. this episode on the Helenia's side of the mirror, where she's scolding Zirconia. Uh, demanding the golden crystal. So, of course, this is passed on from Nehalenia to Zirconia to the Amazonas Quartet. In the Tiki Massage Parlor, everyone's getting massages except Palapala, who's asking the girls to play dolls with her. They're like, uh, no, we're not babies. So, apparently, there's a range where you're allowed to be young, and Palapala acts a little too young for them. Uh, Zirconia yells at all of them. Zircon, this week does not actually have a target, like, could not pick one. Then they all get distracted by Palapala playing dentist with her dolls, where uh, the patient doll gets her head knocked off by the dentist so that her head doesn't hurt anymore from the teeth hurting. And it works. She is grateful. <laughs> yeah, she's pleased. Uh, at the Sakino household, Ikuko Mama is giving them so many sweets. I don't know if this all happens in one day. I'm assuming it is, but I'm also kind of like, yo, Ikuko Mama, like, what are you doing? <laughs> it, it's just not... It's one of those households where sweets and foods equates love. Like my household. I mean, that's that's a <laughs> lot of household. It's just like, I don't know, maybe Ikuko Mama was like, I'm going to try like 15 different recipes today. And you guys are going to eat it. Uh, oh, yeah. But she does advise them to brush their teeth at night. Because she's like, after everything you ate, you're going to need it. And so it's like in Chibiusa, like, hey, 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 we won't. Um, like, Chibiusa straight up says, like, I don't want to brush out the taste of the sweetness. Yeah. Which, like, mood. Who amongst us has not gone to bed at night without having brushed their teeth? Not necessarily because you don't want to get rid of the taste, but because you're like, I, I don't want to brush my teeth, I'm tired. Right. Yeah, that's usually um, the case when I neglect. It's like, mm -hmm. nope, not tonight. Yep. Uh, so Palapala, because there's no target photo, has set out on her own. She sets up a fake evil dentist's office so that she can catch patients. 
Uh, and the next day, the wholesaler team, including Mamori, are out playing some kind of catch dodgeball thing. It's not a dodgeball, and it's not a baseball. It's something. A ball looks is like involved. It, it, it looks matter. like it's got weight to it. When I'm, I'm thinking, is that a medicine ball? Are you guys playing dodgeball with a medicine ball? That sounds dangerous. Like, maybe that's okay for, like, Mako-chan to play with, but I don't think anybody else could take that. Yeah. It was very weird. I think majority, like, the only people who were actually doing anything with a ball were Mako-chan and Mamoru. Uh-huh. But it doesn't matter. Uh, so Chibiusa is sitting on the sidelines because she has a headache, and Mako-chan's like, well, I know it'll cheer you up, it would be some ice cream. And as soon as Chibiusa takes a bite to the ice cream, her mouth just goes bananas because she's got cavities so palapala when she set up her evil dentist office sent out some like magic powder and gave everyone in the area cavities so like that scene ends with a bunch of children crying to their moms about how their mouths hurt yeah ami's like you have a bunch of cavities and isaki scares her with scary stories about the dentist like the juban dentist is the worst guy and uh then ami is like uh isaki you also have cavities and they're both upset and when they get home, uh, it turns out Ami is a goddamn snitch <laughs> and, like, <laughs> called her mom and is like, your daughters have cavities. So she set up an appointment with the Juban Dentistry office with, like, the old dentist who is scary. And I don't know. I was just like, Ami, come on, man. Like, you got a snitch? You gotta do that? So the next day, the the whole Moon family is on their way to the dentist's office, and they run into Palapala's evil office where there's, like, a big line of people, and the dentist himself is out there, and he's the doll. He's Palapala's doll. And he's out there, and he's like, please, come! And it is very cute, and Isagi blushes, and she's like, I want to go here now. And Mamori's like, mm, I don't want you to see this dentist because you like him. You think he's pretty. And Isagi's just like, do you want my teeth to be fixed or not? I don't want to go to the Jibon dentist. So... They wait in line, and once they get in, the receptionist slash dental hygienist is the doll that got her head lopped off, but she's got, like, a little scarf around her neck to keep her head on. <laughs> and she's like, hi! And Mamoru blushes at the sight of her, and he's like, he's like, the fuck you doing? And he's like, I'm just gonna wait outside and leave. And Isagi gets upset because he had previously promised to stay with them, with the dentist, but also, like, Usagi, like, y'all are bringing this on yourselves. I don't care. Uh, they're brought to a wait- Usagi and Chibiusa are brought to a waiting room. There's tables full of sweets. They're like, whoa, this is a lot. And it's like, yeah, you might as well have, you know, a last meal before you have to get your teeth filled. <laughs> uh, yeah, which they, is fine. Yeah, and Yeah, they're basically like, enjoy yourself, because you're about to get your teeth fixed anyways. Yeah. Which never happened to me at my dentist's office but they did like i remember as a kid there was a dentist's office that had like a coffee machine that was just a free-for-all and so my brothers and i got our all of our teeth cleaned and then we just went ham on the coffee machine because <laughs> our dad was getting his teeth cleaned he went last so we had no supervision <laughs> that's we great. we were that was the first time i had a real caffeine rush because i drank like three cups of coffee oh my and god and i'm like yeah, with That's a lot funny. of sugar. <laughs> As a child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah. 
I've never run into a dentist office that has anything like that since, but we were like, we love this dentist office. And dad is like, you drink how much coffee? <laughs> you don't even like coffee. Oh my god. Um, anyway, Mamori was outside practicing apologies to Usagi, which, like, he didn't do I anything. Feel he didn't do anything. He just was, like, flustered by a pretty nurse. It's, I, I, I hate, I hate this theme for the whole season. It's so irritating. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'd rather have him be hypnotized and be evil again. Like, this is so irritating. I miss Mamoru, like, not being here. Like, he was an S. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mama-chan. I do love you. Uh, so, Chibis and Isagi are brought to an exam room that has four chairs, by the way. And I'm like, you have one dentist. But I guess it's really so Palapala can get through enough people. Because Palapala is looking through a one-way mirror, and underneath her feet is just a pile of bodies of all of the mirrors that she's extracted from children. Uh, And yet we see no parents. Uh, At this point, Mamoru realizes, wait a minute, we stood in line for a really long time, and a bunch of people went in, and no one has come out. Yeah. And so, yeah. And that's when Usagi and Chibiusa get strapped to their chairs. Palapala's like, time to get your mirrors. And uh, that's when Tuxedo Mask shows up and stops Palapala from taking out the mirrors. Yeah, and I want to say, like, this strategy was really efficient. Like, she set up a clinic. She she did some kind of magic sugar thing that caused, like, an outbreak of cavities. That's why so many people are lined up. So she gave incentive for people to show up. And then just systematically just started stealing mirrors, you know? And if it wasn't for Tuxedo Mask being there and disrupting it, she would have gotten the mirror. She would have gotten Pegasus's mirror. Yeah, she was really effective. I'm proud of Palapala. Yeah, Palapala was uh, we're being, like, the most immature, like, seemingly immature because she likes childish things. And um, the other is kind of disregarding her. She does get the closest. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's always nice when the enemies get really close. Anyway, so Tuxedo Mask frees Chibisa and Isagi, and the dolls overwhelm him. Then we get Gari Gari Musume, who is a toothpaste lemurez, uh, once we get the Sailor Moon transformation. And she's weirdly terrifying. So we're we're two for two on the terrifying lemurez for this episode. <laughs> So they so Gari Gari Musume pins the girls with various dental picks into the wall, and as she comes in to you know drill their teeth, uh, both of them start crying, and we get for the first time. I don't remember if we got it in the very first episode. I think we probably did the Sailor Moon crying attack, where the bobbles on her hair buns act as amplifiers, and so both Sailor Moon and Sailor Chibi Moon start crying. And their crying gets amplified to the point that everyone is kind of immobilized by these cries and the windows break and the office starts to disintegrate. Like, it doesn't fully come down until we get Moon Gorgeous Meditation until, like, Palapal is officially defeated. But, like, they cause a lot of damage to it just by crying. Yeah, it's, um, it was used in the first episode. It's it's one of the first um, attacks you ever see. And it seems entirely um, unintentional every time it's... I only recall it coming up in that first episode, which is, like, it's a sonic Mm -hmm. attack. Like, 
can she just do it? You know? <laughs> but, um, it, it, I think she has to be in, like, distress. true emotional distress. Yeah. But it's so a she cool can't throwback. just, like, fake it. Yeah, it's, I love it. It's a great throwback. I was really pleased to see it, because, like, right before it happened, I was like, man, it would be nice if she could do her crying attack. And then she did it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. It's like they heard my wish. Uh, anyway, Pal Pal is defeated. Kids get all their mirrors back. Everyone's cavities have disappeared, except for Isagi's, which are real. <laughs> Episode 154, we see Kisuke and Momo, Chibiusa's friends, are putting up a flyer for a preschool bazaar because they're an alumni. They're alumni of this preschool, and the whole Century team is out wandering together because that's just what they do, I guess. And so they ask them, like, hey, would you guys like to help out, help setting up this bazaar for our preschool? And they're like, until, like, the the preschool's principal comes out, and Minako's like, oh, shit, hell yeah, I would, because he's hot. And Mako-chan is like, oh, I love him, too. Yeah, they're both smitten. <laughs> he's just, yeah, he's just a nice-looking guy in his mid-30s. His name is Hanjo. Uh, they're trying to raise money to set up a garden around the preschool because uh, he said, you know, we live in the city and it's difficult for these kids to get out into nature. So we'd like to have a garden to like really encourage that in that kind of environment, which I find really sweet. I really like this victim. He seems like a good man. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a good guy. So the episode has Mako-chan and the principal kind of bond because Mako-chan cooks, he cooks, like she likes to guard, like she talks about like, the flowers are going to plant and and it's really nice they do genuinely bond over mutual interests and uh what he wants to do for the school and Minako's like how dare you get in between me and my man and like cuts in and is like super fucking weird like tells this man that she's literally met like maybe 20 minutes ago you know how many children do you want I want three but if you want to have enough for a baseball team I'm cool with that too and it's like that's not something <laughs> You should say to anyone unless it's in a script. It does seem like the cringy kind of thing a 14-year-old girl would say, though. It's so messed up. She is a child. I'm aware, but it's just like, this is a grown-ass man. He is correctly, like, weirded out. He's like, I don't want this. He does not encourage her. He doesn't say she's cute. He doesn't pat her on the head. He's like, I need to leave. Yep responsible adult uh, for once right yeah so meanwhile the amazonas quartet are fighting over who gets to take this week's uh victim because it's hanjo and sarah sarah gasses them so that they fall unconscious because sarah sarah's uh specialty is plants so she has all of these things uh, meanwhile, Mako-chan is killing it with bizarre prep, like, the decorations are great, the stall setups are great, um, she's, like, making stuffed animals to sell, and everyone's really impressed, and Minako's like, eh, I'm not good at any of this, and there's some jerk kid, uh, whose name that I don't remember, uh, none of the preschool kids like Minako, Minako tries to bond, and they're like, we don't know you, and so this jerk kid messes with Minako. And so she chases him across the school, knocking things out of the way, knocking things over. And as she, like, as this kid is running towards Mako-chan, like, Minako keeps going full speed, even though Mako-chan's like, stop, like, watch, like, what are you doing? And runs full tilt into the setup that she has and ruins everything and rips up this teddy bear. And Mako-chan is like, 
Okay, that's it. I'm done with you. Like, yeah. friendship over. I can't believe you did this. And that's that's another one, one of these moments where she's just like, I'm not going to be your friend anymore kind of thing. And it's mm-hmm. it's just so, like, it's another one of these moments that feels very out of character. <laughs> it's like, it's so it's forced. It's very forced for, yeah, it's forced for the plot. I do kind of understand, though, because Makachan is very responsible because she has to be. And Minako didn't listen when she was like, stop, you're like, stop, stop. Yeah. I mean, I totally understand her being upset. But to be like, I'm done with you. We're not friends anymore. It had a very strong, like, little kids on the school ground, you know, out on the playground feel. Yeah, it's a little excessive. Again, like, we're in the fourth season. Like, these are, they're not just friends. They're coworkers. Yeah. You know, like, they they have a job and all of them have accepted it. Anyway, at night, Minaka complains to Artemis that, like, Mako-chan is good at all of this stuff, and, like, she can't impress this guy, and she's lucky she has all these domestic skills, and Artemis is like, you have your own skills, stop trying to be Mako-chan, like, you know, but, you you know, he's scolding her, he's like, you shouldn't have done what you did, like, Mako-chan was right to be mad at you, you have your own skills, like, play into those, so, Mak- so Minako is like, oh, so what you're saying is I should perform a song at the bazaar, and Artemis is like, that's not what, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, so, so of course, the next day, as they've all fixed everything up, Minako-chan has set up her own little booth with her own little stage, wearing, how would you describe that outfit? Because my first thought was alien. Uh, it's got a very, um, there's, what is her name? It's very Katy Perry. Yeah, Katy Perry. Or Lady Katie, Gaga. Um. No, it's more cute, so it's more Katy Perry. I was thinking, what the girl who sings Pon Pon Pon. One second. Oh, uh, Kiari Kiari Pamu. Pamu. Yeah, it's got strong Kiari Pamu Pamu vibes. It's cute, though. It's weird, but... <laughs> it's weird. And it's funny, because there's, like, these four kids standing in front of her while she, like, got her, her character song going in the background. And, like, they're eating lollipops or whatever, and they're just like, you suck, one after the other. And Minako gets so upset, and she runs away, and everyone's like, oh no, Minako, and Artemis is like, I'll go after her, Mako-chan, will you come help me? Because Artemis is a genius, and is like, this is how I'm going to get them to make up. And Mako-chan doesn't really want to go, but she concedes because Artemis is a good boy. I really, and at this point... I, I really didn't like that, that whole scene, because, like, they go through and have Minako resent Mako and be like, you know, she's good at everything. I'm not good at anything. And then be like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and utilize my strengths. There's things that I'm good at. And then she can't even shine at the things that she's good at, you know? And kind of upsets mm-hmm. me in the same way that when um, Usagi went to the uh, virtual reality arcade, how she sucked oh, at yeah. it, you know? It's got mm-hmm. the same kind of vibe for me. I'm like, when you pull out these traits that these characters are good at, let them be good at it. Like, they could have continued with the cl- conflict and be, and Mako could have got jealous that now suddenly Minako is in the spotlight and taking attention away from um, her achievements. You know, they still could have had conflict, mm-hmm. but instead it's Minako is bad at this, Minako is bad at that, Minako is bad at everything. Go apologize to her. You know, I just, 
I didn't well, feel like I mean, there was a strong enough reason for her to, for Mako and Minako to even make up at that point. I think it was more like, hey, Mako-chan, like, Minako is feeling bad because of all of these things. And so you can say, I'm sorry that those kids fucked with your performance. But not sure. necessarily say, I'm sorry I'm better at things than you are. Yeah, but that's that's us using our big brains. That's not what's in the script. I guess. That's not what's there. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've already forgotten that part of the episode. <laughs> exactly. Because it's weak, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minako does tell Maka that she envies her for having all of these skills. And, like, she's so lucky that they're also applicable. And Maka-chan's like, don't fucking belittle the hard work that I did to get to this point. I didn't, I wasn't born knowing how to do these things. I worked really hard at it. Yeah. Um. Which is a vibe I totally understand, because I like to draw, and I've had a lot of people mm-hmm. say to me, oh, you're so lucky you can draw, as if I just naturally have that ability, not realizing mm-hmm. how many hours and years have gone into developing that skill, you know? Right. And um, it's like, luck had nothing to do with it. It's, it's frustrating because it's kind of invalidating in a way. Where it's like, oh, you just so happen to be good at this skill, you know? Oh, it's definitely invalidating. And it's one of those things where I wish they would point out Mako-chan's lack of parents. Yeah. Because it's just like, to have Mako say, I learned how to do these things because no one is there to do them for me. Yeah. You know, like, Minako, you have a family. But, like, because nobody is allowed to have parents except for Usagi, uh, we don't see that. Uh, Meanwhile... In the school, Sarah Sarah is preying on Hanjo because everybody else is outside manning the stalls out there. Uh, and she's asking him about his plans. And then she's like, anyway, so she traps him with a bunch of vines and like covers the whole preschool in vines. And everyone evacuates. And that jerk kid from before finds Minako because apparently uh, messing with her means that he likes her. And is like, hey, we're evacuating. Like something's happening at the school, which is when uh, Sailor Venus and Sailor Jupiter have to arrive. And so, before they can get there, the Lemarez Jada Jada Musume ties them up, while Sedesede gets cornered by the Amazonas Quartet, because the mirror comes out, it's not gold, it's regular pink, and the Amazonas Quartet are like, hey, we're here to fuck you up for what you did to us, which is completely fair. Mm-hmm. And um, Venus and Jupiter arrive, they do their first love and beauty shock in Jupiter Oak Evolution. I found it really annoying that we didn't get this self-reflection that Ami got. I mean, I'm glad for Ami, but I'm also, like, really annoyed that they're like, we're gonna make this so shallow. <laughs> it's a, it's not a great episode. <laughs> I don't care for it. I'm like, this is, such, this is such a sad way to debut Love and Beauty Shock in Oak Evolution. Anyway, they defeat the, the thing. Everybody's restored preschool save. We find out that that annoying kid is the son of Hanjo, and Mako and Minako's crush ends. Uh, but Minako gives back the stuffed bear that she wrecked to Mako-chan after having repaired it. Yeah. Uh, which is really cute. And then the, the little boy who's been a, just a little shit this whole time, um, wants to purchase that one particularly, the bear. Uh, although he thinks Mm -hmm. it's a dog. So they, they end the episode on a comedic note arguing over it being a bear or a dog. I don't know what's wrong with that kid, because that's clearly a bear. He's probably his just dad's being not facetious. doing a good job. Do- I was gonna say his dad's not doing a good job teaching. 
Yeah. Well, they they <laughs> assume that the kid's got a mom, and yeah, I don't see her. Why isn't she helping set up for the thing that her husband's working on? Right? Like, this is Japan in the 90s. If his, if his mom is not there, like, she's dead or left. She's probably dead. Like, there's no ring on this man's finger. There's no mama at this bazaar. Like, he's apologizing for the behavior of his son, which means, like, he's responsible. He, yeah. No one brings up a mom for this kid. Which, maybe uh, she's dead, or maybe she's, she's yeah, she's probably dead. And, <laughs> and that explains why he spoils him. Right. If you're a nice person, your mom um, died. If you're a bad person, your mom ran away with another man. <laughs> That's just how it works in Asian stories. I don't know what to tell you. In fiction, guys. You're fine. Yes, in fiction. You're fine. Keep in mind, like, this is, this is very, this is very limited to, like, a lot of Asian stories, because this is something that doesn't just exist in, like, Japanese anime. It exists in Japanese live action, and Korean live action, and Chinese live action, and Indian, like, your mama running off with another man is, like, is, is, like, a stain upon you. (laughs) It's a whole thing. It's one of those things that, like, there's so many things in Asian media and, like, Asian culture that I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, everyone is like this, right? And it's reinforced because, like, other Asians, you know, even though they're not Indian, like, also have the same thing. Uh-huh. And so it's just like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a universal thing. And then I look outside of Asia, like, Africa, Europe, the Americas, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's interesting how you have, like, those tropes that only exist in a particular culture like that, you know? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's very funny. All Indian dramas, movies, everything, they all bo- boil down to the same, like, mother-in-law versus daughter-in-law. It's... <laughs> I had a whole-ass conversation with my cousin about this the other day. Like, it always boils down to... Like, it doesn't matter how it starts. It doesn't matter if it's supernatural, if it's a mystery, if it's action. Ultimately, Sasbahu. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, episode 155, I think this was really cute because the Amazonas Quartet are playing hide-and-seek with each other instead of listening to Zirconia talk at them. They let her know that Junjun is not even in the tent because she was bored, and Zirconia is like, I can't believe you're slacking off, and they're like, well, it's not like you're telling us how we can actually find the Golden Mary, you just keep yelling at us to find it. Which is fair. They're pointing out the yeah, poor again. management. Such bad management. God, every time we talk about how bad the management for the circus is, I feel so old. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, what is like, what are your, what is your policy and procedure? (laughs) Do you have contracts? Like, what is in the employee contract? Right. Oh my god! And the girls are just like, I don't know why you say this is on us. You're the one who's who's tracking, who's giving us targets. You're the one picking right. bum targets. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it, it's true. Every single target that she's given them, they have captured. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they capture. They extract the mirror. The mirror is just not the right one. Yeah, that's not their fault. They didn't choose the targets. It's not like the Amazon trio who were selecting their own targets, you know, and just choosing poorly. Yeah. And the the Amazon trio at least had, like, a multitude of photos to choose from. Like, these girls just get one. They get one. They go for it. And it, yeah. Nope. No, no dice. And if Zirconia, and if Zirconia had been nice, she would have gotten Shibusa. Yeah, really. 
So, like, learn from this, everyone. Like, if you're nice to your employees, they will work better, and you will succeed. Yeah. And, it, I mean, if Paula Paula had some backup, they might have been able to capture mm-hmm. Teresa at that point, too. They've, twice now, they've come close to getting the mirror and not even realize it because of poor management. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Chippy's the school is having a sports day. They're setting up for it. Kisuke's up on, like, some awning thing with two other boys, like, nailing a banner. And I'm like, okay, I understand that in Japan, like, they make their students set up a lot of things. But these are elementary school students. Please don't put them up on high scaffolding. Uh, but he sees Chibiusa leaving. She's kind of sneaking out of the school. And she runs into the whole Senshi team, which I guess they travel in a pack now. Uh, and they're like, hey, are you having a sports day? And Chibiusa's like, god damn it, why are you doing this to me? And Kisuke's like, ha, this is my chance. And he does, like, a Tarzan move, I guess? Where he slides down, he, like, gets a rope he, and, he like... He swings over, he does a flip and lands. It's, it's like, yeah. um, it's acrobatic. It's acrobatics. He does this whole thing. And then the, the whole show pauses for a second with text that says, do not do this at home. <laughs> this is, It's like, this is dangerous. Do not do this at home. And I'm like, correct. And then immediately, uh, like, not immediately, but pretty soon after, like, a teacher comes by and, like, hits Kisuke on the head and is like, how many times have I told you not to do something that dangerous? Because it was. It was extremely dangerous. Also, please don't hit children. You're allowed to in Asia, all of the Asian countries. Teachers are allowed to beat up students. It's not good. People don't like it anymore. Yeah, not a fun. But it was totally, it was totally fine. Yeah, it was totally fine in the 90s. Like, if I had been raised in India as a kid, I probably would have gotten hit by teachers. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. Um, I have, like, a whole story about, like, uh, Quran teachers, like, having, like, little sticks to help us learn. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, we would break the sticks because they couldn't use big ones and they never used it on the girls because you're not allowed to hit kids in the U.S. Uh-huh. Um, but this is like the expectation of like not only the teachers, but the parents. Like if the kid messes up, you hit them with a stick and correct them. Cause that's just how you do. But it's like, oh, we're not supposed to do this. And if I hit a girl, their parents might get extra mad. So I never got hit when I messed up, but some boys did. So what we would do, because like... um the adults were incredibly irresponsible. They would leave before all of the students had been picked up, so we would just take the sticks and break them and throw them away. <laughs> nice. And then, yeah, and then there was one guy who was like, you know what, I'm tired of these sticks being broken. I'm going to use, like, the little rod to open and close blinds. Uh-huh. And we were like, dang, that's solid plastic. We can't just break that. So what we did is um, we threw it behind a bookcase. Oh, there you go. We were just like, we got to figure out how do we get rid of this? Because at this point, it was just like, well, it's tradition. We can't right. just give in. Uh, so we were just like, we put it behind a bookcase. He's not going to know that it's there. He's not going to search. <laughs> and after that, nobody ever came in with a stick anymore because they were tired of having to fight a bunch of children. Excellent. <laughs> and it's just like, none of this would have happened if you waited for all the children to be picked up by their parents. Right. You know, like, if you had been a responsible adult, you could have continued to hit us on the hand. But anyway. <laughs> that's, that's great. It works out. Yeah, um, it works out. It was fine. Everything turned out fine. I was not emotionally damaged by that. <laughs> I, I appreciate the joint effort 
of like, it's like, yeah, only the boys are getting hit, but we're all in this together. We're all getting rid of the sticks. The sticks are not okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know that it was necessarily a joint effort from the boys and the girls because I was the only girl who had to wait. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, the girls got picked it. up. Yeah, all the other girls got picked up super fast. Uh, and it was me and then a whole bunch of boys, like my brothers <laughs> included. So, it was just kind of like, well, time to break some sticks, I guess. <laughs> Uh, no, we didn't, we wouldn't just break his, like, his stick. We would, like, go outside and, like, check for, like, big ones and break those, too, oh. so that it wouldn't be so easy to get a replacement. Make sure all the, ch- all the sticks were accounted for. Oh, yeah, we were like, mm, we can think ahead. We're smart. <laughs> <laughs> the 90s were a lawless time yeah, <laughs> for children. It kind of was. <laughs> but, uh, episode 155. Episode 155, so Kisuke's like, why don't you want to participate? Like, why are you running away from sports day? And Shibuya's is like, fine, I'll admit it. I can't do the vault because they have them, like, vault over a thing. She's like, I, ju- I can't do it. I don't want to participate in sports day. And Kisuke's like, what do you mean there's a vault? And she's like, like, it's because you're never here. Or, like, you don't pay attention. Like, you don't see them set up, like, each of the individual sports that we have to do. And Kisuke, at first I thought he was doing, like, a like a reverse psychology thing because he's kind of making fun of Chibiusa. And, um, it's not, it's not, we find out in a minute that it's not, but like all the other girls are like, oh, come on, you could do it. You should try. And Mamori starts thinking about his own sports day and Chibiusa turns to ask him to help her. And Usagi stops her before she can physically say it with her mouth. But ultimately they all decide they're going to help Chibiusa learn how to vault. Um, and Kisuke is left behind like, oh, fuck, because he has trauma related to vaulting. Cause when he was like a toddler. There was, like, a little vault set up. And he's like, I'm gonna do it! And the teacher's like, don't, it's too big for you. And he's like, I don't care. And then he trips and, like, runs head first into, like, this little vault thing. And he was like, ever since then. And keep in mind, he's, like, eight. Yeah. You know, this is a trauma that occurred to him when he was, like, three or four. And he's just like, I, I've never been able to do it. I'm scared of the vault. And Jinjun has been watching the school set up. She's like, I don't know what these people are doing, but it looks like they're trying to imitate my circus. And she watches Kusuke. She's like, like that's a lame run circus. at the vault, <laughs> right? It's just like I don't. She doesn't know what a school festival is. Yeah, it's not her fault. Um, but she looks rad. She looks hella good in yeah. her outfit. She's got the she cute outfit. Looks, she looks like such a punk. I love it. <laughs> um, Kusuke, she sees Kusuke like try to jump this vault and fail, and she's like, what? are you doing? And he's like, I gotta master this vault. And so she decides to coach him. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know, like, she hasn't been at the circus yet, so she doesn't know that Kisuke is this week's victim. She's just wandering around because she was bored. And she sees this kid try to vault, and she was like, let me help you. And she's a bad guy. Yes. As Uh, far as we can tell, she's just doing it because she's bored. Yeah. She's just like, okay, I'll help you out. And then meanwhile, like, the Senshi are doing a bad vault setup where they're using Usagi as the vault. And we all know, like, Usagi's like, we know how this is going to end. And, of course, it ends exactly the way you think with Chibiusa running headfirst into Usagi. And we see later that Usagi gets hurt. Like, she has a black eye later in the episode oh, from Chibiusa running into her. It's, I hate it. Um, but meanwhile, Junjun is scolding Kisuke for, like, continuing to fail at the vault because he keeps, because he'll run full tilt and then hesitate right before he has to jump, like, he'll slow down, and that makes him run into the vault. 
and it's sundown. She's like, we're done. Like, we can't continue. And he's like, please, please, please. Like, my family has a noodle shop. Like, I'll feed you. I'll do anything, everything. Please just keep training me. And Jinjin is like, okay, I'll see you at dawn. Like, I'll come and, and continue to train you. He's thrilled. Uh, and then we see Chibiusa in her room talking to Pegasus, saying he's lucky he can fly because he doesn't have to vault. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but. I'm not free to fly because I'm stuck in this thing. You know? Like the whole I'm being pursued by the enemy, Chibiusa. I have wings and they're fucking useless. Um, <laughs> he doesn't say it like that. He's no. very sweet about it. No. He would never want to upset her. No. He will in the next episode. Not the next episode, but the last episode in 157. Uh, so Kisuke is already at the school. He's already trying to train against this vault. He appeared before Junjun. Junjun arrives. She's decided. She's like, I've thought about this, and the reason why you can't jump is because you have a trauma related to this vault. So all I have to do is give you something new to fear. And he's something like, what? Scarier. Something scarier than the vault. <laughs> so she, so the, this cage arrives like on three sides, so like front, back, and on like top, the sides, and the back, so it's like a tunnel cage, and then a bear appears, and Kisuke's like, oh fuck, and he starts running, and it's just like this tunnel towards this vault, with the bear chasing him, and he's screaming, because the bear is chasing him, and he, the vault is there, and he vaults it, because a bear is chasing him, and as he like, he's like, I did it, I can't believe it, I vaulted, and he lands, and he's like, that was great! But there's a bear chasing me, yeah. and <laughs> and he he starts to try to run again, and that's when he realizes like the cage and the bear is gone. And Junjun's like, "Haha, I hope you enjoyed my illusion." And he was like, "What the fuck was that?" She's like, "Well, you're not scared to do the vault anymore." And he was like, "Okay, yeah, I did manage to do the vault." And she's like, "Great, now that you have no regrets in your life, I'm gonna take your mirror." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because by then, like, you see her. Uh- at some point, pull the photo out of her pocket. It's all crinkled up. So she's had it. Mm-hmm. She just hadn't been looking at it. And she's all like, oh, wait a second. Oh, that's convenient. He's my target. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at this point, uh, the mirror is taken out. Everybody else appears with the exception of Tuxedo Mask. Um the Lemurez of this week is Toby Kiriyaro, so it's a it's a boy Lemurez. Could you? I he's either a bat or a flying squirrel. I couldn't really tell. I uh, I was reading flying squirrel, but I don't know. Yeah, he had more of the the skin flaps than like the wings. Because I think that's more associated with the circus for some reason. Is it? I think yeah, probably because so. bats are scary. Flying squirrels are cute. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He just starts dive-bombing them in the sense you're like, there's nothing we can do! And I'm like, there's a lot that you can do, but okay. Um, he does, like, sweep at them, like, Mars tries to do a flame sniper, and the way he flies at them, it, like, knocks the fire back at her, so um, there's that. Uh, and Junjun, who is like, mm, this kid doesn't have the mirror, but he, she looks at his body on the ground with some regret, because she's spent, like, 12 hours training this child uh, but she leaves and Chibius is like okay like he's dive bombing us and so I'm gonna do so she starts running at this dude at Toby Kiriyaro and he's and the Lemurus is like 
what are you doing? And she runs and she vaults over him. And in the pressure of her vaulting, she pushes him down to the ground. So he hits the ground. Uh, but then she finish him off. And then we continue to sports day where Chibiusa and Kisuke win first place for the vault. In the girls and boys divisions. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Because they split it up. It is cute. Um, I like that Junjun already immediately has, like, a kernel of regret. Yeah, I I like that we're getting these little seeds that these characters might be redeemable. They they mm-hmm. don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, they, they really don't. They job. Yeah. So it's, they don't even necessarily, like, want to rule the Earth. They're just like, we don't know why we're here. Yeah. They're just getting it's great. the job done. It's good. So, uh, Usagi is posing for Chibiusa's drawing. Uh, Chibiusa did a good job, but Usagi's really mad about it and says it makes her look ugly. Um, apparently, Usagi's been sitting yeah, there for a really long time. But it's a pretty good drawing for, like, an eight-year-old. The eyes are a little big, yeah, but everything else is right. Hours, and it's a cute drawing, but it's, it's, I'm looking at it, I'm like, how would that take hours? But then again, it's just, it's just an anime. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's weird, like, clearly the writers don't know how no, art works. No, definitely not. <laughs> this whole episode is just me going, like, that's not how any of this works, and I don't know any of this stuff, but I know that much. Uh, anyway, because Shibisa has promised to buy Usagi some Nikuman, so meat buns, uh, for posing, they are walking through a park with Usagi eating a Nikuman, and they come across a painter painting a lady, uh, who is sitting, and, uh, her two friends, and when he's finished, he shows it to the lady, and the lady's like, this looks nothing like me, I'm way cuter than that, like, my nose is higher, my eyes are brighter, and her friends are backing her up. And Isaki's like, what are you talking about? This looks exactly like you. Like, are you insane? And so they fight, and the painter's just like, if you're not satisfied, if you don't think this is this looks like you, you don't have to pay. And the lady's like, excellent. And so she leaves. And Chibi- like, Isaki and Chibius are like, we're so sorry. Did we interfere with your work? Like, did we mess things up for you? And he's like, no, don't worry about it. Like, would would you like me to paint you? And they're like, sorry, we have no money. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 this is for free. Because they were nice and defended him. Meanwhile, at the circus, the Amazonas Quartet are threatening Zirconia for not doing a good job to Which get them decent valid. targets. Yeah, 100% valid. Uh, so their Zircon prints out a photo of the painter, and Sarah Sarah's like, I'll take him. And the girls are like, why? And she's like, I want him to paint a portrait of me. Yeah. Which is Fair. which is great. I like this motivation more than uh, I'm romantically interested in this person. It's like I think this dude's hot, and I <sighs> want to sexually assault him. No, her motivation is I'm going to kill him, but yeah, I want to get exactly. something out of him first. Like that works. It's not a pure motivation on either part. It, but it this makes one is more sense, though. You know, because like with the the trio, yeah. I was honestly like I don't see why they feel the need to try to seduce him first when they can just like do the thing um for this for this it's not something yeah. she has to do it's something she feels like she wants to manipulate him because she wants something else out of him you know Mm-hmm. yeah so meanwhile isaki and chibisa are arguing while this man is trying to paint and isaki is being painted with like a nikuman in her hand which is i think very cute 
And uh, then this man fully faints because he's literally a starving artist. Because he doesn't get paid. He has to spend money on paints and shit. And then all the people that he paints don't pay him because they're like, I don't like it. Your portraits are inaccurate. And then they leave because he won't make them pay. Which is super um, lame. So <laughs> it's like, uh, so I'm a hairdresser. I've mentioned this before. But like, if somebody does a service for you, you still need to pay them. You know? Like, I've had people who who I've been like, you've got layers upon layers of black hair dye. Okay, I'm not going to get you up to this platinum, but I can get you to this brown. Let me show you the swatch. We can get you to this brown, and hopefully in time we can get you up to that blonde. Is that okay? Okay, let's do it. And then I'll get them to that brown, and they're like, it's still so dark. And I'll, I've literally done this where I'll grab the swatch, and I'll hold it up to their hair and be like, yeah, but we got you to where I said we could get you. I got you to where we agreed, you know? So you still need to pay me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, madam, you can do this one of two ways. Either I safely get you to a lighter, if not yeah. the proper color you want, or you can go home, bleach the hell out of your hair, and watch it fall off your head. It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, I did not say I would get you to platinum. I, I explicitly said we cannot get you to platinum. So you still need to pay me. <laughs> Yeah, that was actually one of my fears was when uh, Alex did my hair was just like, what if it doesn't lift enough for him to put uh-huh. another color on? Yeah. And then it did. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the two of you being like, look how well it lightened. Uh-huh. Look how well it lifted. And me being like, this, yes. is, this is good, right? <laughs> and your hair was still healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> So, yeah, Isagi and Chibi used to take this guy home, which please don't take strange people home to your house, but uh, he's dying, so I guess it's fine. Uh, And because no one else is at home, they have to cook for him, and they make him this really bad fried rice, at which point I'm like, I am sure you have something in those cabinets. Like, I know you have instant ramen. Please (laughs) feed this man. Um, But he eats the whole thing because he's starving. Uh, and he's very grateful to them. And Chibius is like, would you like to see my drawing? And Isagi's like, don't show him that ugly thing. And But he's actually impressed by it. He's like, no, this is actually pretty good. Like, it has, you know, there's things that could be improved upon. But there's a lot of love in this photo. Yeah, it's cute. Photo. It's a picture. It's a drawing. <laughs> it's a portrait. It's a paint. They keep, yeah, they keep calling it a painting in the subtitles. And I'm like, but it's a drawing. No paint has <laughs> touched this paper yet. Anyway. Uh, Chibisa, meanwhile, at, after this, uh, is staring in her mirror in her room, and Pegasus is like, why are you staring so hard in the mirror? Like, what do you see? Mirrors are reflections of the soul. Chibisa is like, are they really, though? Because so many people don't seem to be aware of what they look like. And Pegasus says something that's actually really wise, which is that mirrors don't lie. Mm-hmm. It's people's hearts that lie. I was like, damn, that's a good line. Yeah, and it applies as long as it's not a funhouse mirror. Yeah, in which case, but at least with the funhouse mirror, you are approaching it knowing that it is distorted. Like, it looks distorted That's true, as but you they did it. have to, um, I don't remember if they got, there were these mirrors that put up, were put up in some clothing boutiques that made you look more slender. Mm. And they, you, did oh, you hear about those? yes. I did hear about this. Yeah, this was a while ago. that way it gave the illusion that you look more slender when you're trying on their clothes and people were more inspired to buy the clothes. 
And um, there, there was a yeah. legal crackdown that either they couldn't have them or if they had them, they needed to put a disclaimer on the mirror to say what it was. They had to do that for like mascara ads too because they were putting lash inserts on models' eyes and saying, it's the mascara. And they're like, it's not oh, yeah. the mascara. It's the false yeah, eyelashes. <laughs> so like now they have to say in tiny print at the bottom of the mascara commercial, like model is wearing lash inserts. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. But <laughs> um, so, anyways, but otherwise, it is a wise. It's very wise. So the girls all go to the Hikawa Shrine to show off this portrait that Usagi got done of her with the Nikuman, and they're all admiring it. They're like, "This is exactly like you." And Usagi's like, "Really? Don't you think I'm a little cuter in real life?" And Us- and Ray is just like, "No, this is you, one hundred percent." But in a very rude way, and. Uh, they're like, okay, let's go see this artist because they all want to get their portraits done. And meanwhile, he's back in the park. He's just got his setup. And Sereser shows up in the most extra way possible with the whole ass limo, a red carpet, and she comes out dressed up like a full Southern Belle. It's great. It's a T length dress, not like a full hoop skirt, floor length dress, but it's still the hat, the outfit, the dress. Like, I'm just like, it's mm, the vibe. girl, love it. Truly. Um, she tries to be uh, a snob and like be like, I'm so rich. Come be my living artist. Because uh, all artists, uh, a lot of artists, if you're going to get anywhere, you want to have a rich patron that pays you money to like, so that you do commissions for them so you can earn money so you can do your private projects outside of that. Um, and he's like, no, you're flaunting your wealth and I don't like that. Um, so I'm not going to go anywhere with you. And so she spins this sob story about like, she's all, I'm only doing this because like my father was a great patron of the arts and he died and I'm just trying to follow in his footsteps and make him happy. And he feels bad. So he goes with her like a dumbass. And he's not there when the sense she arrive at the park and Ray throws a huge fit and like starts screaming at everybody to like split up and look for this dude because he de- he needs to paint her not that she wants to be painted but that he needs to paint her magnificent beauty and i just sat there and i was like god i fucking hate you <laughs> this is the worst version of ray i i just sat there and i was like how are you the most popular senshi in america you're such an asshole yeah anyway I don't know what it was like when things were cut. I didn't see, like, this being aired in English, you know, the first time around. So I have no idea what the original Cloverweight dub I, was like, like, I in don't, the cut form. I don't remember everything. I I mean, of course, she was still a hothead. She still clashed with Usagi. I don't think I, recalling her, I recall her being this um, arrogant. Doesn't mean she wasn't, mm. but I just don't recall it. I know she was, uh, like, my brother's favorite character, so she definitely had a strong appeal. Like, a lot of people I knew, she, yeah, a lot of people oh, I knew yeah. she was, um, their favorite senshi. So. I just, I have to say, like, every man yeah, loves Sailor I think they Mars must have softened her. In the U.S. I don't know. I don't know. I, I remember, like, a lot of guys being like, oh, yeah, I don't care for Sailor Moon, but I like Sailor Mars because Sailor Moon's an idiot and she puts her in her place. And I'm like, the show is called Sailor Moon. You watch Dragon Ball Z. Goku has literal brain damage. <laughs> well, 
And I wonder if maybe that's <laughs> what it is. The appeal is a lot of people, they want to watch the show. They like the show overall. But they uh, maybe some people like that she degraded Usagi, you know? Like, I mean, I guess that's like the reason why people like Vegeta. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't like Vegeta. I'm like, every time I run to someone, he's like, oh yeah, Dragon Ball Z. And, you know, eventually someone talks about how they love Vegeta. And I'm like, oh yeah, I hate Vegeta. And they get really offended. It's like, oh, you like Vegeta. So you're an edgelord, huh? Like, um, I think I have said to a person, the only good thing Vegeta ever did was give us trunks. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, anyway, so Chibiusa and Usagi are looking together. Usagi rests on a bench and is like, the only thing we have to go on for this guy, for Kamui, his name is Kamui, uh, is this painting. And it's not like the painting can tell us anything. And that's when Chibiusa realizes that Kamui had written a letter to them on the back of it, thanking them for everything they did for him, for taking care of him, bringing him to their house, feeding him, all of that, and being very kind. And they, as they turn to like start looking again, they see Luna who is prowling on the fence of a suspicious mansion. And so they catch up to her and she's like, this mansion feels evil. Go investigate. And they're like, what about you? And she's like, I'm a cat. You like, this is your job. Go investigate. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what can I do? I'm a cat. I love her. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, Sarah Sarah is sitting there posing for this man's painting and he paints a full-ass portrait in background of her in, like, two hours. And I'm just sitting there, like, that's not enough time for paint to dry. But there like, wasn't you... a background, though. Like, wasn't so there? he did a full... No. She was oh. in the chair, and mm-hmm. the background was stark white. It's, like, her oh. full body, straight on, sitting in a chair, and the chair is richly done, but then there, the background is just completely white. Oh, was it? I guess I was just looking at the chair, and I was just like, what? This is so, like, it's not finished. There's not enough time to finish it. It's been, like, two hours, maybe. Uh, but he, she complains about the way he's made her look. It's not about the rest of the portrait. It's, like, my face is more like this, my hair is more like this, my eyes are more like this. And he's like, I don't see, I think this is an accurate representation of your face. And she gets mad at him. And she insults him and basically berates him into giving up on his values as an artist in order to survive. Where it's just like, how are you going to do your art if you're like homeless and poor and can't afford supplies, you know? And he kind of just crumples at that and is like, okay, I'll just do what you say. Because previously he's like, I don't really care what the client wants. I'm going to paint it accurately to what I see. Uh, which is such a weird way for an artist to approach art. Yeah. If you're going to do commission work. <laughs> exactly. You have to appeal to the client. Yeah. I mean. I'm... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I just sat there and I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You have to please the client. Like, that's why you took the commission. If you want to paint them the way you want to paint them, you can't take a commission. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's... It, talk talk about your ethos and your style before you start. Make sure they understand, you know, you make sure you understand one, each, one of the other's expectations and then start the commission. And if you can't see to eye, eye to eye, don't accept the commission. Yeah, it's, it, it was, it was very weird to me, especially living in this modern day of like, 
deviant art and Tumblr and art commissions and things like that, where like I had to consult with our artist Barbara Daly for the artwork for the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. like she had to create mockups to send to me um, for me to get for me to give approval before she like went ahead and did all the coloring and shading and everything. So like. Yeah, it's just it's, not like- it's just very strange to me that, you know, they treat like the way Sarah Sarah delivered it was wrong, but she was right. Like <laughs> I just sat there and I was like, I'm on the bad guy side. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like and frankly, yes, so she's talking about the way she's depicted. Basically the complaints of the the um characters have been um, I want, I want this to be filtered. I want to look perfect, mm-hmm. you know, but I have to say, looking at the two portraits that he does, the second one is a much better portrait. And I think it still looks accurate to her because the first one is boring. It's kind of zoomed out. It's full body straight on There's It's not dynamic at all with a stark white background. And then he does do a second one and it's, it's just a better piece of art. It's zoomed in a little more, so it's more from, like, the bust up. Um, mm-hmm. And you see more of the background. Like, there's detail in the background. The shading is more dramatic. Like, the, the lighting is more dynamic in the second one. And it's like, my dude, this is a better piece of work. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and that can be kind of the nice thing about doing commissions is we have what's in our head. We have what's our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And commissions can kind of push you out of that comfort zone to be like, okay, that's different. Let's try something different. See what I can pull off, you know? Right. Yeah. Anyway, Sarah Sarah is pleased with the second portrait and is like, great, now that I've got what I want, it's time to take your mirror. So she gets his mirror out. And unlike everyone else, it's not a pink mirror. It's like this lavender gray mirror. Uh... <laughs> I like your note here because his art is boring. Dude, <laughs> dude needs to sell out. He does though. His mirror is like that because he sold out. No. Yes. He has no vision. No. <laughs> Sarah Sarah broke his dream, so his dream mirror is broken. Eh. It's not, look, I'm not standing here defending his dream. I'm not saying his dream was a good one. I'm saying she broke his dream and then immediately took it out of him. I think it would have been lame either way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so Sailor Moon and Sailor Chibi Moon show up to defend him. Sarah Sarah sends out Toge Toge Rose, um, who I like. Uh, and Sarah Sarah's like, eat this dude's mirror. And Toge Toge Rose is like, nah, it's ugly. I don't want that. <laughs> and Sarah Sarah literally grabs the mirror and tries to force it into Togetoge's, like, abdomen mouth. And Togetoge's fighting her because she's like, I don't want that shit. And Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon look at each other and they're like, should, should we just go for it? And so they do. And we get an immediate main gorgeous meditation. And Sarah Sarah, like, bounces before it can hit her. But Togetoge Rose is like, but I didn't do anything yet. <laughs> it's pretty great. I like it. Um, I think this is the first time we've had some, um, like, monsters who haven't cooperated before. But I mm-hmm. think this is the first time I recall seeing one that didn't get a single attack off. Like, it didn't want to be there. It didn't want to eat the thing. It didn't attack the heroes. They're just like, 
Anyways, just kill it. <laughs> yeah, I think there has been a couple monsters that have showed up just in time to get killed. Uh-huh. Um, but I who they are, I could not tell you. Yeah. Uh, we would have to go back. To, I'd have to look at all of the other notes to see if I wrote it down. And uh, if it happened in the Dark Kingdom, I, I, I don't know. Our notes are not very detailed for that. It's uncommon enough that it, it hasn't. Oh yeah, recall. this happens. Yeah, this hap- has happened like maybe once a season, at most. But it's it's definitely not a common thing. Uh, the artist guy wakes up. His mirror was bad because Sarah said ruined his dream, and he's like, "I'm going to stick with you know what I wanted to do. I'm not going to let other people influence me." And so he paints Ray, who's not satisfied with his work. I hate. I fucking hate this. So like, all the girls are arguing about whether or not it looks like Ray. Well, meanwhile, Chibi says, "Like, I finished my painting. Would you like to look at it?" And, um, he's, she's like, and he's like, this is great. You did a really good job. And she's like, I want to give it to you. He's like, I couldn't take something so precious. And she's like, no, 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 I really want you to have it. So he asks what the title of the painting is. And it's the person I most admire. And I was like, oh, that's cute. And then immediately I was furious. Cause I'm like, then why are you such a bitch? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. If you say so. It's right. It's cute. Why are you- but yeah. It's cute, but it's just like, why are you constantly needling Usagi and getting a, to get a reaction out of her? Like, you're doing yeah. this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's genuinely exhausting. Like, if you admire her, then why are you fucking with her? Uh, anyway, episode 157, we're in the home stretch. Uh, this is another, like, elementary school episode. <laughs> Kisuke is showing Momo and Chibiusa a swan and her signet uh, in the park that are brand new. They're like, oh, how cute. Uh, immediately they hear a kid screaming, look out. And it's some kid on like this flying, on like this hover bicycle get up thing where he's using a bicycle to propel himself to get the air that he needs for the wings to get him to hover or to fly. Uh, it doesn't work. So he blasts through the fence, falls into the water. Um, his name is Hiroki. He is in their school, but he's in a different class from them. Uh, once he crawls out, Kisuke's like, dumbass. Uh, Momo hits Kisuke for insulting this kid's passion. And Shibisa, because this child is wet, is like, I really admire, like, what you're doing. And offers him her jacket because he's cold. And he's like, I don't want your jacket. I don't need help from nobody. And uh, he's like, I'm going to do this by myself. I don't need you. I don't need nobody. And it's like, hey, hey are you good? Yeah. The answer like, is no. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> you could accept the jacket. Like. That would be okay. You're you're wet and cold. It's fine. Right. It's, it's just one of those things like, okay, you want to fly on your own, but you you still need to be not cold? Right. Uh, anyway, I don't really care for Hiroki in the first half of this episode. Shibusa and Pegasus talk, and Pegasus helps her empathize with his point of view. Uh, that, you know, this is something that he wants to accomplish by himself. And blah, blah, blah. And, like, I kind of get that, but I'm also, like, that's not how flight works. So Pegasus wishes he could watch Hiroki make these attempts. And Shibuya is like, I wonder if that's possible. And then Isaki jumps up. She pops her head in and is like, hey, are you talking to Mama-chan? And Shibuya, like, has to grab and hide the thing that Pegasus lives in. And it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, I heard a man's voice. So you're talking to Mama-chan. Like, I'm trying to reach him, and I can't reach him. And Shibuya's like, you said he went on, like, some college thing. Like, he's you're not able to reach him. And she's like, oh, yeah, I did. 
sorry, and then disappears. I hate that. <laughs> I'm just, yes. I'm so sick of Usagi being jealous and not knowing where Mamo is and forgetting when he tells her where he is and being mad at him. I'm just so fucking sick of it. I'm sick of, like, Shibuyusa being like, Mama Chen is my one true love in front of Usagi. I, I'm so tired of it. It's old. Uh, it, it's the worst. It's all of it's unnecessary. Yeah, it, it's so frustrating. Anyway, uh, we get a break from these guys because Nahelenia is scolding Zirconia, who scolds the Amazonist Quartet. You have no one to scold except for the victim, uh, and they're not impressed by it. Uh, the victim is, of course, Hiroki, and Vespas takes him. So Chibiusa goes to the park the next morning. She has put like the little Pegasus standee in the box so that he can see Hiroki and not be seen. Um, she's talking to him and then she's surprised because she hears the voices of her friends and Kisuke, Momo, and the Senshi team are behind her because they're like, oh yeah, your friends told us about this kid who's trying to achieve flight by himself, so we're all here to watch. And so when Hiroki fails again, they all go to make sure he's okay and then Usagi hands his plans to Ami and is like, we can help! And Ami's like, oh yeah, this is actually pretty sound, but like, here's where you can make improvements and everybody starts making, like, recommendations on how to, like, reinforce things and, like, better materials that he could use. And this kid gets furious because he's like, I want to do this by myself. And, uh, like, go to a library and, like, read a book about aviation, my guy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's I- a little brat about it. And Kisuke's like, what the fuck, dude? The Wright brothers couldn't do it on their own. They were together. To, to once again play devil's advocate... <laughs> Uh, but also because I can kind of relate to the situation loosely. It's like, they're assuming he hasn't been doing tons of research on this. I mean, look like look how much he's done already. He had to have, like, fabricated those wings. Um, mm-hmm. With the exception of Mauru and Ami, who I'm sure really are educated in, in all kinds of things. So probably aerodynamics included. It is really frustrating when you've invested a lot of time and effort in any, in in something, and it's an ongoing project, and unsolicited advice starts coming from every direction, like he had he, he he struggles, he crashes, and they just bombard him with a ton of advice without even asking him if he wants the advice, and without even mm-hmm. like knowing how much background he already has looked into. It's like, well, have you thought about this? Well, have you thought about that? It's like, so I, I'm a seamstress, um, obviously not professional, I, but I sew. And mm-hmm. there is nothing more frustrating. Well, it's a pet peeve. It's, it's really frustrating when somebody who doesn't sew makes a ton of suggestions on how to change the way something is designed. Um, mm-hmm. cause like, for example, my mom was asking me about uh, adjusting a garment. And if you're changing a larger garment to a smaller garment, one problem is the size of the armholes. Um, mm. She's like, well, can't you just take it in at the sides? And she'll make all these suggestions and you can't just reshape it like that. You know, if you're doing just like a, a small size adjustment, that's one thing. But the mo- bigger and bigger that size adjustment the more you are just reconstructing the garment, it is not just um, 
taking it's, it in. It's, yeah, it's not just taking it in here and there. There's a certain point where you're just entirely reconstructing it. And that's, it's so much work, you know? Yeah. And then it can be just so, so frustrating when she's like, well, can't you do this? Can't you do that? And it's like, no, you can't just do that. Also, it's literally a bunch of bigger kids ambushing this child. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't know them. They don't introduce themselves. They just show up and start telling him how to do things. And he's mad about it. But he does accept help from Kyusuke, who is his peer. Right, who is his friend, and who also makes a good point. It's like, hey, you don't have to do this alone. Nobody does this alone. But I I can't blame him from looking at the rest of these strangers and being like, who asked you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. But uh, Hiroki and Kisuke do bond over this, and they do, like, start changing plans, and, like, the others back off, and uh, the Senshi admire the power of boy friendship. They're like, ah, yes, the power of friendship between men. And Chibisa's just like, hey, am I really Pegasus's friend? Because, like, I tell Pegasus everything, but he doesn't tell me anything about himself, which is, like, a good point. Uh, and she does confront him about it. It's just like, you know, I've been hiding, I've been doing everything you've asked, I've been telling you all these things, and I don't know anything about you. See, and Pegasus refuses to tell her anything, and is and, like, flat out says, like, if you don't want to have faith in me, I can leave. Yeah. And she also, I don't I know if she says this that. in Japanese, but she also says in English, uh, friends should be able to tell everybody, friends should be able to tell each other everything, which mm-hmm. I think is the theme. I think the the moral is, because uh, all these episodes seem to be moralized, I think the moral mm-hmm. they're trying to go for is um, you you can't expect your friends to tell you absolutely everything and vice versa. But uh, but you can still believe in each other. Mm-hmm. But no, she actually has a legitimate point. Like you're saying, she oh, knows nothing 100%. about it. Yeah, she's sheltering this man from enemies, and she has no idea why he's running. He doesn't. She doesn't know anything. She's just taking it on pure faith. Mm-hmm. And in order to be real friends with someone, you have to. There has to be an exchange. Um, yeah. Anyway, so Chibis is still out, and it's nighttime, and Mama's like, I'll take you home. And Chibis is like, okay. And then Isagi shows up, and she's like, hey, I've been looking for you. We have to go home. And, like, Chibis gets really mad. I don't remember, because I didn't write this down in the notes, uh, because at this point I was just really fucking tired of these episodes. Uh, and Chibis gets mad at Isagi and starts yelling things at her, but then realizes a lot of what she's saying to Isagi is what um, Pegasus was saying to her. And so she stops and just... And Isagi's like, I'm just gonna go home and, like, I trust you'll get home when you need to. Um, I don't understand. The, I don't... Re- I didn't want to rewind and rewatch this scene because I was like, I don't understand what just happened, so I'm just gonna keep going. That's that's a lot of these episodes, though, because so many moments are just forced, you know? It's just like, mm-hmm. you're sitting there, it's like, I guess I see what you're trying to say, but... Also, no. <laughs> I fully did not understand. I full, and I like to think that I have like good reading comprehension, good um, media comprehension, you know that sort of thing. Uh, but I was just, I was lost. I was so lost. <laughs> yeah. Again, um, 
Again, anyway. a lot of these, a lot of this stuff going on in these episodes, just so forced that it's hard to really, really get behind it or grasp it. It really is. Um, anyway, the next day, Chibius is the first person to show up for Hiroki's flight attempt. Uh, but she's just sitting there, like lost in thought, and Hiroki's just talking to her about like his plans and what. Kyusuke has helped him change and like how he thinks this is really going to be it. And Chibius is just sitting there not listening to him. And then she starts crying because she, she like, she hurt Pegasus's feelings and that makes her feel bad. And Hiroki's like, oh my god, Chibius, are you okay? Do you have a stomach ache? Do you have a headache? Are you okay? Like, what can I do to help you? So he's actually a sweet boy. Um, and that's when Best Best appears. And like, god bless this child. <laughs> Best best to save the episode because she shows up floating on a giant red ball in an Amelia Earhart costume. Oh yeah. <sighs> and like acts like this is totally normal. And both of them are like, what the fuck? And it's just like you're clearly a suspicious person. She's like, how am I a suspicious person? And it's just like, you're floating on a giant ball in the sky. And what are those pants? And she was like, oh, dang. So this isn't a good disguise? And they're like, no. <laughs> it's a really good comedic um, moment. I loved it. I was thrilled. Uh, anyway, um, Vespa's attacks and Hiroki knocks Chibiusa out of the way. Uh, but because they're on a hill, she rolls down the hill. And Hiroki's like, oh, shit, Chibiusa. Um, so he he calls after her to like see if she's okay. And at this point, Vespa's... Uh, gets his mirror out and is like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, Zirconia, this is another not golden mirror. Like, <laughs> your ability to choose is absolute garbage. Uh, and so Chibiusa, having rolled down the hill, climbs back up as Sailor Chibi Moon and Vespas is like, oh, is it just you today? And Chibi Moon is like doing her speech and Vespas is like, okay, but is it just you today? And Chibi Moon continues. This is like, oh my god, I'm asking you one question. <laughs> I'm asking you a question. It's so funny. She's she's getting so frustrated. It's so funny. Chibi is like, I don't need, I don't need anybody to help me take you down. And then lifts up her little crystal bell, uh, Carolina or whatever, and does a pink sugar heart attack with it. So these little pink hearts just like burst out and like hit Vespas in the face. Well, they don't That's do so any good. major damage, but it's enough to just kind of throw her off her game. Yeah, Vess is just like, what the fuck? And so she summons uh, the Lemurez, Pau Pau Musume, which is a mammoth uh, theme Lemurez. And that's when the other sentient tuxedo mask appear. Uh, Mars and Mercury do their attacks, so Aqua Rhapsody and uh, Flame Sniper. And Chibusa goes to do her twinkle yell when she freezes because she's like, wait, Pegasus is angry at me, and now I can't summon him. And by hesitating, Pau Pau Musume comes to, like, hit her, and Sailor Moon dives in to, like, knock her out of the way, and uh, gives her a pep talk. I don't remember what was happening. You need to believe in your friends. You need to have faith in them. Yeah, I don't know why she she knew or thought that that was, like, the time for it. But it was... (laughs) I don't know. I don't, because I don't know. that's the theme of the episode. Yeah, that's that's what the story needed at that moment. Anyway, it's fine. Um, <laughs> she does her twinkle yell. Pegasus appears. Moon gorgeous meditation. Um, Hiroki and Kisuke fly in their two seater bike plane. Um, it's fine. And Pegasus ends the episode with like, as long as you believe in dreams, I'll be here. And uh, I wish this was the episode we ended on because I was not pleased. <laughs> 
I just sat there like, I'm just glad that this batch of episodes is finished. Because it's not like any of them were particularly bad, but none of them were particularly good. I, I actually uh, I was enjoyed happy this when batch. I uh, yeah, I actually found most of these episodes, I, I think I found all these episodes mostly entertaining. There were definitely moments that I had issues with, especially when it came to, like, the character assassination of our actual main characters. But God, I'm I'm so tired of our mains. Like, yeah. every time the senshi show up, I'm like, why are you ruining this? Yeah, but there, <laughs> there was a good amount, like, there's finally some humor that's actually entertaining. Because I feel like the comedic moments in the past several episodes have been a lot of misses. It's like, I know this is mm. supposed to be funny, but it's not. Or the things, yeah. or things that were not supposed to be funny were funny. You know, it was just... The tone was wrong, and these ones have been a lot better about the humor. Um, mm-hmm. I like our villains more, so I don't mind that we follow them. I I do really wish they had done better with our girls, but you know, yeah, it's just such a disappointment. Some- it's it's just such a disappointment. Like I enjoy every time the bad guys. Like I'm even enjoying Zirconia because yeah. she's being dunked on by these tiny girls. But I'm so frustrated with how they're treating our main characters and how stupid everyone is all the time, except for when the plot needs them to not be stupid. Yeah. It's just, it's exhausting. Like, everybody, I'm just tired. I'm just, I can't wait for this season to be over. We have nine more episodes. The next episode that we do for the podcast will be covering five episodes. And then the last four episodes of the season. And then the first six episodes of Sailor Moon Stars, which I'm going to call Superstars, because... That deals with Nehalenia, so it it, I, it doesn't belong with the stars arc. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of content in those, but I'm probably just going to blast through it as much as possible because I vaguely remember it, and I remember just being like, I don't understand why this is here and not in Super S. So, eh. Yay! <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. We're coming to an end. Soon, we're, soon, like, Mamoru will die, and we're gonna get the <laughs> starlights. And then we won't have all these problems with people being jealous over all that stuff anymore. Because he'll be dead. Well, no, because Seiya's gonna spend the whole time being jealous of Mamoru. Well, oh well. Yeah. At least it's not Usagi being jealous for once. I mean, in fairness, like, is the only one who's just like, am I not good enough? And everyone's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Even his own friends are like, dude, back off. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, that's something that we have to look forward to. I honestly can't wait for Super S to be finished. Uh, not even Rashiku Ikimashou can cheer me up. <laughs> it's all right. So. We're almost there. We're almost there. So close. Um, okay. Uh, anything else you want to say? No, I'm looking forward to the next episode. Great. This is going to be a long one, but we'll get through it. So we got this. We do. All right. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Pod, or contact us through email at Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Barbara Daly for the use of her artwork. Please rate and review us wherever you find us, or... Skinny got that... Oh, oh shit, shit. Yeah.